Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Hey guys, you hear that? It's the sound of sleigh bells. Santa's coming, snow's falling. It's going to be a good Christmas, or at least for most people. Some other people don't have such nice Christmases. They kill their mom and turn them into cookies and sit there dipping them in the milk as the police arrest them and take their half-breed siblings. That's what life's been like for Scott and I, and also for the cast of this movie, Black Christmas, also known as Black Xmas, the remake of the classic. Black Christmas. So. <laughs> Black Christmas. Of the classic Black Christmas. Uh, as, uh, as far as as far as remakes of legendary horror flicks go, this is one of the few that we would actually discuss on the podcast because it's not terrible. It's I, I mean, it's second. entertaining. Yeah, it's it it's not terrible, but it is terrible. Like it's it's one of those things where it's like. This movie is bad in almost every way imaginable, and that's what makes it so fun to watch. Like, are you kidding me? I love this movie. I was the I was I think I was the one that was like, "Hey, let's do that." And you're like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah let's do that." I I I, I love I rem- this movie. I remember it differently. I remember that I said, "Hey, man." you know what we should do for Christmas? And I had this in the back of my head and you were like, Black Christmas, the remake? And I was like, fuck yeah, we should. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, um, so so we were both right. Okay, yeah. good. Um, So the biggest thing, I have a bunch of notes, but like 90% of the notes are just detailing different kills. Um, yep. So to summarize- That's up, most flasher flicks though. 
Yeah. This one, the big thing is that I have a note that is in all caps about midway through the movie that just says, this movie is brutal. Like, these deaths are are vicious. Like, there's that bag over the head and the pen goes in the eyeball and corkscrew. like... Corkscrew. Corkscrew. Oh, the corkscrew. Oh, my God. And there's like the absurd ones, like the death by candy cane or ice skate. So, like... Yeah, I like the candy cane kill. The ice skate kill, not so much. It's okay. Um, I feel, feel like that one is a little bit less interesting because I think I've seen some other ones that are skate kills. Oh, fucking Halloween H2O, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, get, is... we, get, we get fucking Don John over there. He gets, the, he gets the skate in his face and he's not banging uh, Scott Johansson anymore. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's so. That's right. That's like the first kill in Halloween H two O. I only remember that because I watched it the first week of November because I didn't have time to watch it in October. Yeah, I haven't watched it since October when we were originally supposed to record this, and then it got pushed back. So I'm I'm pulling from a lot of memory, and I'm trying to remember if this is actually a quote or a joke that I wrote that says it tastes like chicken because it's chicken. <laughs> No, that's a that's a direct quote. Uh, okay. It's when, um, oh, what's the name of the killer in this movie? The the guy that's in the um, is it Billy? In the Billy, yeah, Billy, whatever his name is. Uh, we really should do better uh, notes for actual things that happen in the fucking movie. Anyway, um, so so Billy, what's his face? Uh, was was put in the slammer uh, something like twenty years ago or something like that, and um, it's because he killed his family and then he uh cut his mom's the skin off of his mom's back and made cookies with it um and then was dipping them in milk and eating them when the police arrived and so um the joke there is that the guards fuck with him all the time and they're like because it's supposed to be that his mom's skin tasted like chicken because of whatever and then but they like to make fun of him by like shaping. I think that they shape it like um, they they shape like the chicken, like uh, the gingerbread man. Like you see at the beginning when he's eating his mom's back skin, uh, which actually I, I don't think that you'd be eating skin. Like, why would you eat skin? Why wouldn't you eat meat like the meat of the I don't know. He's insane. It doesn't really matter, I guess. Uh, I really can just turn my brain off when it comes to this flick. But in any case. I think that they fuck with him by making chicken skin look like the gingerbread mom skin. That's the joke there. Wow. Sorry about that. There's going to be one of those episodes. <laughs> um, so the, the first question I have in this movie is, has there ever been a hotter sorority? I don't know, man, but God, you got... Michelle, I, <laughs> oh my God, this is an embarrassing note that I have. Um, sorry, anyone who will be offended by this, but I have a, a note that says this cast is dot, dot, dot stacked. <laughs> Michelle Trachtenberg, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Lacey Chabert, and Katie Cassidy. I mean, goddamn. Okay, so of all the hot ladies, who is your favorite? <sighs> Probably Mary Elizabeth Winston. I was going right? to say either Mary Elizabeth or Gretchen Wieners. It's tough between the two. Yeah, Lacey Chabert. I mean, ugh. Katie Cassidy is great because she was Black Canary on Arrow. But man, I got to go with Lacey Chabert. Um, she's 
she's so hot. But they, uh, so they, so the the movie follows. It was, what's crazy about this is usually when I'm bitching about bad remakes um, to horror movies, it's that they kind of just did a carbon copy of the entire movie uh, of the original film. And what I like about this particular movie is that they absolutely utilized the template that was placed in front of them from the original Black Christmas, but then built their own mythology for better or for worse. And yeah, I agree. And I like I, I much prefer this mythology because it is so fucking gross. <laughs> it's, and, and it does. The only thing that I dislike um, and, and this is the most I'll talk about the original because I do really love the original Black Christmas. I oh, yeah. I don't like that any of the killers are revealed. I really like how eerie and creepy the ending of the original movie is, where it's just like, and they don't catch him, and that's just it. Like, and you never know who he is. You don't know anything about him. It's very much like that whole the difference between like Mike Myers in Halloween versus Rob Zombie's Mike Myers, where it's like, I don't need Mike Myers' backstory. <laughs> like I yeah. I like him to be just this complete mystery that I know nothing about. The shape. Exactly. That's how he should be. He shouldn't even be related to Jamie Lee Curtis. He should just be a beast. Because I always forget that that, well, I, that didn't even come into play until the second movie. Like, <laughs> the first movie, it's just a dude stalking a girl. Right. Well, I, I actually do like that he's her brother. Um, it's just when you get to Halloween 4, and I know I, I talk about how much I love Halloween 4, but... Having Mike Myers going after his niece is just beyond the pale. It's just not good writing. I love Halloween 4. It's still my favorite Halloween flick, but mm, it is just stupid. I'm okay with Mike Myers going being related to Laurie Strode, but aside from that, I thought it was a cool it's a cool reveal yeah. in Halloween 2. Like I just watched Halloween 2 a couple weeks ago, obviously, for the month of Halloween. So um you know, I, I I don't like Halloween too, really, but I do really like that reveal in that movie. So I don't know. That's that's my two cents on that. But I I do like in the original Black Christmas that it's eerie. I think that that's the difference, though, is that what these movies, what the original and this version, kind of are great at is showing you what was what is the audience's desire almost yeah. right well it's almost like, like in, in the it's almost like if you it's you like, do like those experiments where like you take a movie and you give the same screenplay uh to two different directors and tell them to just make whatever movie they feel like and working with the same script they could make two completely different movies like it's very much the same script but it's a very different movie like one film focused on eeriness and and suspense and the other one focused on like as many gross kills as we could get into this thing and the kills are really gross in this film like i i i'm not saying that we don't watch a lot of stuff that turns my stomach but man there is so much there's so many eyeball oh head and trauma eyeball like, like out the wazoo <laughs> Yeah, it's it it's really you know, but that's the thing that doesn't gross me out about this movie, really. I mean, those are gross, but man, the incest is just fucking gross. It's just so so gross. So let's talk about that for a quick second. Not necessarily the incest angle, but we do all of these flashbacks, 
and uh, with with like the weird. They're the best part of the movie. We do these flashbacks and with the weird colors and the yellow skin, it's almost like Tim Burton presents Sin City in the movie. Like, it's just so <laughs> wacky and dark and bizarre. Um, yeah, the flashbacks are awesome in this film. Um, I do have a note here that I, I wanted to state to you, and I hope you understand this, because as much as I love you, Scott, that um, in a horror movie situation, I will leave your ass before I go back for anybody. Like, if... If I'm in a car and that car is running, you know what I'm not going to do? Shut off that car and run back inside to make sure you're okay. If you chose not to go out to that car with me, that's on you. So, like, <laughs> I, I think that's because you and I have seen what happens when you let people let you yeah. get killed in movies. You know, like, it's just like, fuck you. I, it's, it's every man for himself right yeah. now. Or a woman, as this film goes. Oh, yeah. I do like the fact that, that um, well, I mean, and maybe I'm forgetting a little bit, but because it's been a little bit since I watched this. I watched this way before um, uh, last week's Miss December. But um, there aren't any, like, sexual kills in this movie, no, right? No, not really. Everything is pretty much just fake head drama, which is also kind of why I like it, because... We have so many sexual assaults that we sit through for horror movie night. And I know that we talk about it constantly, but uh, this is very refreshing because, yeah, there's like sexual abuse in the the um, the flashbacks. But at least none of the kills are sexually related because like there's so oh, my God, just we just watch a lot of really, really twisted shit sometime. Well, most of the time. And uh, this was kind of refreshing in that way. But the. uh the best part about this is that he is the victim of child abuse, but just decides he wants to murder everyone in the house. Yeah. That's all. He doesn't want to like make more baby monster humans that with yellow skin, he just wants to kill everyone. Um, he is absolutely unstoppable for a regular human, by the way, like he doesn't have superhuman powers, but he takes a lot of damage. Well, it's actually um, his sister that takes most of the damage, yeah, right? Mostly, he's just hiding out. Is that is that? And this is a terrible question to ask. Is the sister's character played by a man? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. I was I was hoping because that is a heinous looking person. Yeah. And it's it's okay to say that because they were dressed up to to look terrible. Um. It's it's definitely a, a surreal, dark, disgusting movie. There's a scene where the girl's in the attic, and I, I'm trying to remember exactly the situation, but I have a note that just says, oh, damn it, they were supposed to fix this foreshadowing. Um, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, there's so many lines near the end of the movie where they're just like quickly laying down the pieces of like, oh, shit, this has faulty wiring. Oh, man, I hope that this floor doesn't give in like it's just like hinting to all of the ways of escape and to kill this guy immediately and then in like true chucky band style not that he had anything to do with this movie 10 minutes of credits 10 minutes of closing credits to this movie yeah Are you serious oh man it took a lot it took it took a village to yeah, make this thing it's not that long of a movie it's Apparently. like an hour and 10 maybe an hour and 15 and then 10 minutes of credits uh, and also, I found out that this movie is advertised as a Final Destination film in Japan, which I just think is bizarre in every way. 
Yeah, I, I can't parse that in my brain. I honestly don't know why they would say <laughs> that, but it's Japan, so whatever. So, okay, um, there are four, count them, four brutal kills in the first 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I love it. That's what I'm saying about, like, in the 70s, when Black Christmas came out, the original came out, I feel like it was more about being brooding and dread and the feeling of, like, a home invasion. Whereas this movie is just, like, it came out, it was it yeah. 2006, yeah. right? Uh, and that was, like, torture porn, kind of really in-your-face gore. And this movie is definitely not torture porn, but it's, like, torture porn light, you know, uh, where there, it, it's, it does not cut away quickly from the awful shit that's happening to these humans' bodies. But it has a great sense of humor. Like, everybody's kind of unlikable, and there are a shit ton of red herrings because they're like, oh, is so-and-so the killer? No, he's just a piece of shit dude who's been sleeping with two of the girls, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, man, nobody's likable, but you still feel bad when they get their eyeballs pulled out. It's just... And, and it lingers. Just lingers on, like, an eyeball right in front of the camera or somebody, like, chewing on an eyeball. I mean, they're... You know, in October, we were talking about all the hand trauma. This movie makes up for any eyeball trauma we've been missing in the last 12 months. It is all packed into Black Xmas. But this movie honestly gets, this movie gets a bad rap because people are like, oh, it's a piece of shit because it's a a remake. But it stands on its own, I really think. And that's why I really push for us to talk about it. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fun one. I, it's almost a shame because... I feel like the amount of fun Christmas horror movies that we have left to discuss are uh, few and far between. They're either too good for us to discuss or just painfully god-awful now. (laughs) Well, we still have a ton of Silent Night, Deadly (laughs) Nights to talk about. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) You get 12 months to to, uh, dread which one I'm picking. Thanks, Scott. I love you. Um... Is there anything else necessary? You usually have way more stuff. Go, go, hog wild, unleash. I do. All right. So here's my biggest problem with this film: Who toasts a marshmallow and then eats it fucking whole? That's not how you toast and eat marshmallows. Jesus Christ! All right, this is how you eat a marshmallow for anybody that's too fucking stupid not to figure it out. AKA everybody that gets killed in this movie. You take a marshmallow, you put on your put it on your stick, you put it in the fire, you toast a little bit then you let it burn and then you take it out you blow it off you 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 you, know, you take the 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 burnt part off it's like you deglove the hideously burned outside of your your marshmallow in the most gruesome way possible imagining that you're taking the skin off of your your foe and then you eat that part burn the shit out of your mouth do it all over again until you have none left also, what kind of fucking pig eats a mallow in one bite? Like that's <laughs> Are they playing Chubby Bunny? It just pisses me off so much. I love your rage, Scott. I love it. It's about the most asinine shit too. Uh we Oh, so there are four kills in 15 in the first 15 minutes and then we get another the fourth the fifth one, I'm sorry, at 20 minutes. Which is they're coming hard and fast. I mean, it kind of piddles off a little bit later on and you get like a bunch of chase scenes, which are pretty good. I honestly like I I'm I'm pretty impressed with the fact that they did a chase scene well because so many chase scenes are me going at 2x just to get rid of the the because st- I know exactly what's going to happen next. It's not there's no yeah. there's no tension, but 
then we get the we, we find out that they're the whole time um there have been two killers one inside one outside um and agnes is inside as the sister she falls down inside the walls and it looks so painful actually uh, uh, there there are two super painful um i don't want to say they're kills but two painful injuries in this movie it's agnes falling down inside the wall uh and then i think it's agnes getting defibbed to the face that was or is it billy it's her and then billy comes and then he gets impaled on the the tree topper um it would have been so fitting though if they would have had billy face plant into the tree topper so that he got his eyes knocked out because that would have been like you know a comeuppance for all the eye trauma in the movie but maybe somebody was like Whoa, whoa, whoa. Six eye traumas is good, but seven is just that's gonna get an NC seventeen. <laughs> I don't honestly know why they didn't do that because it seems like such a uh like a a no brainer, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Ridiculous. Yeah, but this movie's great and I will I will argue that this is one of the better Christmas horror films out there. You know, like there is a lot of garbage. It's no elves but it's pretty damn good. Yeah, no, it's definitely one of the better Christmas ones, and it's one of the better remakes of a classic. I, two thumbs up for me. Two eyeballs getting crunched around in my mouth for me. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie. And we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Do you like to laugh? geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into One Hit Wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Krayshawn's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Pass to Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Hi, I'm Robert Bacon. And my friend Marie Maloney and I started a podcast called Adam Sandler, Please Stop. The entire thing is just trying to get you to cry, and I didn't cry until the end when we were talking about the youngest <laughs> Sometimes we have a blast. I think, also, I think it's Billy Zane. It's 100% Billy Zane. <laughs> Most of the time, it's awful. Chris Rock just got murdered. Not stabbed murdered, and like real prison murdered. He, he got, got bombed. It is a complete retrospective of Adam Sandler films past, present, and unfortunately future. A pineapple flying out of a car <laughs> with dramatic music. <laughs> played over it explain to me how that's not comedy Murray. <laughs> so if you used to be a huge adam sandler fan like us but not so much anymore then this podcast is for you we're free and on itunes google play stitcher pocket cast and on our website adamsandlerpleasestop.com
So what did you watch this week? All right. So I watched a bunch of bad uh well, okay, I watched a couple odd things. Uh here's an odds and ends for you. So um on YouTube, I just went on a kind of a YouTube binge a couple weeks ago and I watched Sometimes They Come Back, which was a TV made for TV movie based on a Stephen King short story. And um, I never watched it when I was a kid because it's a stupid story. First of all, it's about these greasers that are like terrorizing this town and they then get run over by a train and then the ghosts come back to to haunt the the brother who like watched them get murdered or whatever. Um, and, it, it, you know, as much as I love it, 50s style you know, greaser characters and such. That movie was, I had it on, on my second screen as I was working from home. And that was even hard. I was barely paying attention. I was like, man, I feel so bad for whoever had to edit this because it was painful. So, uh, then I watched the ambulance, which is, a uh, it's a thriller. It's not, it's like an action flick. Um, I thought it, it, it came up as a reference, like, a uh, you know, in the, on the YouTube suggestions after I watched sometimes they come back. Cause I was like, Oh, it must be a horror movie. No, it's just a thriller about, um, this, this doctor in New York city. It's like an eighties thriller, early nineties. This doctor in, in New York city is, um, like he's got this ambulance that goes and it grabs people. And he's like trying to have some sort of, uh, diabetes cures. I don't know. Some stupid bullshit. The only reason I sat through the whole thing was because I thought that there were going to be some cool kills or something because of the box art and the fact that Jay Chataway did the soundtrack for it. He's the guy that did the music for Maniac. And so I was like, oh, it must be a horror movie. It wasn't. <laughs> it was a, It was like it was like an hour and 20 minutes of me just being like, is this over yet? Is this over yet? It was really, really bad. But the funny thing is, is that I then watched on shutter ban the sadist videos which is a documentary about the video nasties in england in the um or in the uk in the uh 80s and they had a clip from the ambulance and i was like but it's not a horror movie <laughs> uh it was it was such a weird um just a weird coincidence because that was within the span of a couple days it was so strange but i wanted to mention two actual horror movies that i did enjoy well one is topical and one is just worth mentioning so the topical one is to all a good night which is such a fucking shit movie like it's a it's it's a um christmas horror from like 1981 or something like that maybe 83 it looks like it's old and it's just have you ever seen it no but i'm wondering if it's also christmas evil no it's not i, I i'm okay because sure. i know christmas evil had like three or four other names no the to all a good night <laughs> even has like the worst cover art or the, like the poster art is just, it looks like a, a, a five-year-old with a crayon. It's so bad, but it, the, the, the concept of like, so Christmas evil is the, is a killer Santa, right? Well, sort of, but like not really. It's like a guy just kind of slowly going crazy at Christmas. Yeah. 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 I, I do remember that one. It's not Christmas evil. So, um, to all a good night is a sorority murder movie where all these girls live in a sorority house and like for whatever reason they're staying or maybe they're about to leave for the 
the Christmas vacation or what I, I I've seen it like three times and I still can't remember the storyline because it's so bad and the acting is terrible, but there's some nudity and there's some kills. So at, at the end of the day, all it is is like um, the, the house mother, I think it was her daughter got murdered at the house. And so it's like, she's killing all the girls and making it look like it's the, the murdered daughter, something like that. But I watched it. It's on, um, it's on YouTube and it's, such a weird film because it's in california so it's supposed to be christmas but it's like they're wearing shorts and shit and you're like you just did this movie in july probably on a shoestring budget of like three thousand dollars with a two-week schedule and no script just to get this pushed out for like a christmas release it's just it is abysmal. It's not the worst Christmas horror movie, but it is up there. So, so I I just googled it, or I went on the, the Wikipedia page for it. So it is from 1980. Okay, it's it's directed. This is crazy. The director of the movie, and I'm pretty sure, pretty sure he only directed this movie, is the actor who played Krug in Last House on Left. Oh, Krug, and, and yeah, and Ferret in Swamp Thing. Oh God, man! That guy—he—he he did not choose wisely with his film credits. <laughs> no, <laughs> but the thing, right, that sucks, so the, the thing that sucks so bad for him is that like Swamp Thing, people thought was going to be a big deal, and it wasn't. And then, like, you know, he, well, he got Swamp Thing because he did uh, Last House on the Left, and both of those films are uh, uh, early what um, Wes Craven, Craven yeah. movies. Yeah, so man, he. He shows poorly. Really poorly. Apparently he wrote a song for Cabin Fever. Like the original Cabin Fever or the remake Cabin yeah, Fever? Yeah, he's got a bunch of music credits here. Huh. He wrote the music for Last House on the Left. He was the main composer for Roger and Me. And he did the music for Cabin Fever. <laughs> wow. Well, thanks for that um, assist to a, a uh, an ailing horror d-lister eli roth you're you're such a swell guy man i fucking hate eli roth have i ever told anybody on this podcast how much i hate eli roth all right so um the last thing i want to talk about and i'm like i said last week i'm just burning through this shit uh because i have so much to talk about the last thing i want to talk about is a movie called last girl standing i watched it in november um and i wanted to mention it because I was I it came up on Shutter as a ref, uh, you know like a suggestion and I was like this looks just like the screenplay that I have kind of in pieces that'll never probably amount to anything I I have no expectation that I'm ever going to actually be a published screenwriter with any sort of credits to my name you know I I, I gave that dream up a long time ago and I just talk about horror movies with you so um, anyway uh, I did. Back in, I want to say, May, I released that song, Anniversary, which is a a, um, a, a a theme song for a speculative horror movie called Anniversary, which would be a slasher flick that's kind of talking about what happens after the horror movie. You know, like the girl, the, the survivor girl lives, but at what cost? Like, you know, how fucked up is her body? How fucked up is her mind? Is she on meds? Like, is it like PTSD, blah, blah, blah. Um and so this movie, Last Girl Standing, is kind of the same idea. And can I spoil it for you, Matt? Go for it. Okay. 
and also anybody that's listening, you should still watch it, but maybe yeah. just like fast forward 30 seconds. She's the, she starts killing people. She like is, she's uh, hallucinating that the killer is back, even though she killed him uh, a year previously or something like that. And then she kills like all of her new friends. So anyway, that's that movie. Um, it's very, very different from what I would have done. And I felt like it was very cheap. Like I felt like the the script itself was such a cheap way of dealing with the idea of PTSD and trauma in general and like anxiety disorders and depression that I really was upset by it. Not in like a, this movie moved me, but rather that I felt like they had the opportunity that I didn't have. I probably will never have because they had a budget and they had all the tools for them to make an insightful piece of modern slasher horror. And instead they just made her the monster and it really bugged the shit out of me. Yeah, that always sucks. I, I hate when, like, um, with all the things that I've written, there's always these times where I, I have this idea and I think it's a great idea and then someone else ends up doing a similar idea and it feels like I can never decide which one sucks more when I watch the movie and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, they did this way better than I would have done it. Or when you watch it and you're like, well, they completely blew it. It was a great premise that I could have done way better with. But now if I try, I'm just going to look like I'm ripping off this person. Like... Yeah, and that's happened to me before. Like, I wrote a serialized novella about a vigilante superhero. Of course I fucking did. Like, that, everybody should know that that's, like, right in my wheelhouse. But um, I did that, and then then um, uh, 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 Kick-Ass came out, and I didn't know about the comic. But it felt so much – like, Megan and I went and saw that in the theater, and it felt so much like my story. And I just turned around and I was like – fuck. <laughs> um, so it's happened to me a couple times, probably not as often as it has for you because you definitely are more, uh, seasoned with, with screenwriting and, and writing in general. Um, you know, like what your, your plans were much more solidified than mine ever have been as far as that goes, because I'm kind of like all over the place with my creativity, with music and stuff. But, um, I, this is really honestly the first time I've felt not offended, but like kind of offended by my sensibilities were offended by it because I feel like they cheapened what could have been a really great nuanced piece, you know, like a horror. We don't need, we don't need in your face, gross out horror. We have so much of that. That's why get out is such a great piece because it has social commentary and it's, you know, like, and maybe it follows too. I didn't really like it follows for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I like it follows for what it was trying to do more than what it actually did. Yes, that's the perfect way to say it. Uh, and, and, you know, I think that it's – but that's also me. That's like the way I've always felt about art is that social commentary is so incredibly important. And if you kind of have that opportunity and that platform and you don't utilize it well, it just pisses me off. Yeah. Because there's a ton of dudes trying to do the same thing that aren't getting nearly the opportunities that these guys are. Yeah. Anyway, so All that's right. that's me. All right. So on a more upbeat note. <laughs> um, yeah. You, so as I, usual. Yeah. So the two things that I watch that I want to talk about. Um, one is a children's movie, but it's worth talking about because it is fucking fantastic. Pixar has done it yet again. Coco is so good. Um skip the frozen short that's the first 20 minutes of the movie but like 
my god, was I crying my fucking eyes out during that movie. <laughs> it was so it was so good. It was so touching. It was so funny. It was so smart. And like Scott, I think you'll love it. it the music in it's incredible, but it's the the short version of it is basically it's about a kid in Mexico and his great great grandmother's uh, father was a musician who chose music over the family and left to pursue a music career. And because of that, music is banned in their family. And instead, they they uh, became shoemakers. And no one in the entire family has ever played music or even listened to music. They avoided it at all costs. But he loves music and wants to be a luchador. Um, so... On on a, Wait, a luchador, aren't luchador? Oh, sorry, sorry, not luchador. Sorry, uh, a mariachi. He wants to he wants there to be a go. famous mariachi, and um, on on uh, I can never pronounce this correctly, but the Day of the Dead, De, de los Muertos, Dia de los Muertos. Yes, on that night he manages to transfer over into the land of the dead, where he can try to find the grandfather that abandoned his family to basically have a conversation with him about what should he do should was choosing music over family the right choice or not kind of thing and it is like just fucking heavy <laughs> like it just like there are moments that just hit me especially with being a person who's so like has such close connection with my grandfather and him being yeah. like a big musician it it has like hits all of these really great moments and emotional points and then all the songs are just great um, so check out Coco. It's fun. The other movie I saw. Um, oh, I, I want to say one thing. Um, Natalia Cordoba, I believe her last name is. Um, she plays Yo-Yo on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is in that movie. She's one of the voices for, for in Coco. Uh, so it was on my radar. And I'll tell you what. Disney is pushing that movie so hard because every guitar center in the entire country has a uh, has a bunch of guitars that are Coco guitars, which and they're very, very inexpensive. And it's great to hear that that movie is super popular or super, super well done and hopefully popular with young children because I think it's going to get a bunch of kids into playing guitar because the size of those guitars that they have are the half size or maybe they're quarter size guitars. So kid, they're kid size guitars. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of kids are going to be getting those for Christmas or yeah, for Christmas this year. And I mean, it goes without saying Pixar so rarely strikes out when it comes to like their movies. They never true. They very rarely talk down to the audience, which is what I like about their movies is that it doesn't feel like I'm watching a kid's movie when I watch a Pixar film. Um, the other movie that's a horror movie that I want to talk about. And uh, I know that you are also a fan of this. Uh, is I finally saw WNUF Halloween special. Yeah. Dude. That movie, at first I wasn't sure how to feel about it, but when that movie gets going, that movie's fucking awesome by, like, the second act and beyond is great. Like, that is going to be a new Halloween yeah. tradition in the Kelly house. Uh, that movie's super fun. Um, and? Oh, and, and, uh... What about... I'm talking to the director, because he lives not too far from me. It was shot almost entirely yeah. in this area, so... You know, maybe one day we'll have a, a bonus episode where uh, where we're sitting there talking with them about that movie because the movie is a delight, um, and it's available in Shutter I'm still. Just gonna, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just gonna put it out there. If we can get him for 
uh, our Halloween episode 2018 and we talk about WNUF, that would be just like, that's the only way to top Monster Squad for episode 100. I'm just going to say <laughs> it. Fair enough. I'll accept that. Um, but that's all I've got for this week. Uh, so... Merry Christmas, guys. I hope you enjoy the holiday. We have a New Year's Eve uh, horror film coming out. Not New Year's Evil, because we already covered that. It will not be. (laughs) But we will have a New Year's Eve movie next week. And on January 1st, we'll release yet another bonus episode, the final of the three uh, live events from many, many years ago that Scott and I did. So stay tuned for all that. But we were talking about Black Christmas 2006. We had a great time. We'll be back next week. Stay tuned. Love you guys. Peace. Welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.